And I ended up in this nightmare situation, trying to survive on a day-to-day basis. I sat in this situation for 1,352 days. Power to Live More with Joe Dodds. Welcome to the Power to Live More podcast, all about productivity, organization, well-being, energy, and resilience. I'm Jo Dodds and I started this show to enable interesting people to share their stories about how they use their power to live more and by that I mean to do the stuff that they want to do more than the stuff that they need to or should do. It's about creating a life for yourself where you have the energy, health and space to be happy and fulfilled, spending your time as you'd like, whether that be at work, home or somewhere else entirely. That's your choice. Hello. My name is Ellie Dodds and I'm co-presenter and today Joe is interviewing Karen Volo. Karen and Joe were first connected as one of a series of collaborators in a book sharing their experience. They then both changed their paths and randomly met by the Engaged Success movement and went on to get to know each other as more than just stories in a book. Karen, Chief Joybringer and CEO of Evolution, is an expert in engagement, personal and organisational development and is also an international best-selling author. With over 20 years experience working with Fortune 500 companies globally, she has insights on business building, cultural transformation, building trust, purpose and high performance. Karen loves working with cultural development, employee engagement, leadership training slash mentoring, professional inspirational speaking and writing. She is also a certified CIQ coach. Karen has been recognised as a global leader and employee engagement expert the last five years on the Engagement 101 list, the top 30 HR influencers and the 15 most influential women in HR and recently named on the 2020 Top Thought Leaders in Trust list. Her purpose is bringing joy to the workplace. Back to the studio. Today I'm interviewing Karen Volo of Evolution, who I have known for, I don't know how many years now, we should have worked that one out. We um, were in a, a book together um, years ago and then we randomly met I think through Engaged Success at some stage uh, subsequently and realized that we had had that connection before and then we've met up in real life a few times which is unusual for my podcast guests so uh, it's it's been great to uh, reconnect we haven't seen each other for a few years and lovely to have you here Karen thanks for joining me. Thank you Joe. it's an honor to be here and I'm happy to reconnect with you. <laughs> <laughs> so Start by telling us who you are, what you do, and crucially, where you do it. So, um, like you mentioned, I have a company called Evolution or Evolution Academy, and our purpose is bringing joy to the workplace. So this whole journey for me started when I wrote a book, Engage, which was really the catalyst to the work that we do today. And uh, basically, we work with cultural transformation through building trust, um, employee engagement, and purpose with companies, and really kind of how do you maximize the potential of an organization and the people individually Um, through working with culture. And I'm based in Stockholm, Sweden, but I do a lot of work internationally and I do a lot of speaking and uh, writing and training, basically. Those are my key areas. Lovely. And how did it all start? Because you haven't done this all along and um, quite often people sort of have a, a, you know, corporate career and then sort of do much of the same in their own business. 
you call yourself or you have called yourself the bringer of joy I think joy <laughs> most bringer. people aren't joy called bringer. that is, it, is that right <laughs> chief joy bringer yeah exactly. chief joy bringer that was it most people don't call themselves that in organizations <laughs> so where did it all come from how did it all happen Oh, that's a really interesting question, Joe. <laughs> do you want the real story or do you want yes, to say that? I do, because I know some of the backstory. So yes, please. <laughs> All right. Um, so yeah, I'm half Swedish, half American and uh, grew up in the States. And um, Joy comes from a series of children's books that I wrote for my daughters when I was going through one of the worst times in my life, basically. And um, I'll keep this story very short. I'm pretty open about it. I've got a story about this as well that I've written. Um, but I had worked for a number of years in executive search and uh, headhunting, and I've always coached people and working with culture and matching values and culture and those types of things. And back in 2006, I had a massive life crisis because um, I had my first husband, who I had divorced six years earlier, found out he was a professional con man. And uh, that's what was the catalyst for me to move to Sweden. And then I researched him and found out, um, you know, everything he had told me was lies and he was very abusive. And so I divorced him. Um, well, I didn't know there was a part two to this whole uh, life crisis because I was on a business trip to uh, the U.S. and working on expanding my business. We were ready to franchise out uh, this executive search firm throughout Europe. And after this amazing week where everything was going well, I was getting ready to board the plane and I actually uh, got a tap on the shoulder. There were two U.S. Marshals and they said seven words that froze my life. They said, we have a warrant for your arrest. And they proceeded to take me into custody. And I went into a high security jail and I sat in downtown San Diego. What had happened was that my first husband, like I said, who had divorced six years earlier, he had used my name on documents um, with his business dealings down in Mexico. And so they were trying to extradite me to Mexico. And I ended up in this nightmare situation, trying to survive on a day-to-day -day basis. I sat in this situation for 1,352 days and trying to get through that, not being able to see my children the whole time. That was the worst part of it. They were six and eight when it started. And um, so I missed a big portion of their childhood. And basically during those four years, I was trying to figure out how to stay in a positive frame of mind. And I was reading all sorts of books and doing everything I could to just practice, you know, getting through each day and having hope. And basically I was visualizing my charges were dropped. I was released. I got to go home. And in the end, that's exactly what ended up happening. So when the case actually finally got in front of a judge in Mexico, he closed it out, said this should have never been a criminal case. And basically the whole thing was dropped. So I came home in 2010 and just coming out of that kind of horrific experience of a lockdown, literal lockdown for so many years, trying to figure out what am I supposed to do with my life now? And um, just to make a long story short, um, you know, ended up writing this book, Engage, and Engage was the catalyst to the work that I do today. And the work that I do really is a lot of training, teaching people how to reach the best version of themselves and to empower them and to give them tools to be able to kind of handle whatever life might throw their way. So it's kind of ironic because basically we're in 2020 and this year has been a crazy year and it's been a time where I've actually been asked to share my story a bit more because so many people have been having to deal with a lockdown situation and, mm -hmm. you know, I've been teaching about resiliency and how to manage it and how do you, you know, get in a mental state of mind so that you can deal with whatever's coming your way. Yeah.
yeah that's the say. catalyst yes exactly um yes a very dramatic catalyst and um as you say useful for for the, the current climate i guess although <laughs> i i'm sure it wasn't anywhere um uh, or rather i'm sure it was much worse than we've been going through i keep having conversations with people um about how a lot of people are actually you know okay um in this current situation that you know obviously there's people with terrible situations going on and awful living arrangements and you know domestic abuse and all those other things but i do think a lot of the people who are going through this are in a much better position than they might be and certainly compared to the you know the example that you've you've just shared for us so uh, when when we met um that book that we talked about i think we had to share something about a learning point or or adversity we'd been through or something and i remember getting the book and i didn't know you then and um reading it <laughs> and along with some of the other people in there I think yours is probably the most harrowing story I was sort of thinking oh my story was really like benign <laughs> I wish you told me what everyone else was saying I might not have wanted to contribute <laughs> you would have found a worse story to share <laughs> yeah exactly so I'd have really dug deep but as it was it was it wasn't in any way comparable so uh, it was then really weird that we you know sort of met through uh, our business uh, interest in in other ways because I wasn't even looking at employee engagement at that stage so the fact that we ended up meeting further down the line was it was I was odd well yeah neither neither were you exactly so we sort of ended up changing what we were doing and, and meeting and then we were just saying before we came on how that those books that you wrote we had a German student our first student we had um who stayed with us in the holidays and she had actually come across your books completely separately to the fact that we knew each other so it's just I never cease to be amazed by how many coincidences there are in this world and how we're all connected in lots of different ways yeah that was um you know I wrote a series of children's books for my daughters kind of teaching them empowering tools and ways that they could work in a, in a in a version that would work for children. So um, it was, it was an interesting time and, you know, it's, it's again, life brings people into your life when they're supposed to be there. So yeah. uh, we were yeah. supposed to meet and uh, we've kind of walked in a parallel type of path here, yes. um, working with organizations and engagement and culture and things like that. Yes, exactly. So talk a bit about how you work with your uh, clients, because you, as you say, you live in Sweden, you've traveled, uh, as part of your work naturally because your clients have been in other countries and done presumably you did things online before as well but obviously you know the lockdown has has created a scenario where most people ha- are working from home and aren't able to travel so some people you know have, have been used to sort of always being away and now they're always at home and I think you've done a bit of both over the, the years how much has it changed this year for you in terms of how you work with people? Um, well, the travel is gone, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so, because ha- normally I do travel quite a bit, um, but I think evolution in general has been better positioned because we had, like, I'd say half of our trainings online anyway. We've already yeah. been doing it for several years. Mm-hmm. So, when the lockdown started happening and and things just got kind of everybody put everything on hold, um, we took our time to just put the rest of our trainings online, and. Um, as I mentioned before, we started talking after the summer, things just started to take off. And it's been interesting because, um, you know, we've ended up working much deeper with companies with their culture and uh, mm. empowering 
helping their employees and giving them tools. And then what's been interesting, um, you know, at the end of 2020, I all of a sudden have been starting to get booked for a lot of speaking engagements, which have been virtual speaking, but they're right. having me come into their town hall meetings and things like that. So normally when I work with companies, oftentimes the way that we start is they'll have me come in and do an inspirational talk or some sort of a keynote um, presentation or something where I'll share my story, but then we'll also talk about culture and kind of set the groundwork for working with culture moving forward. Um, and then, you know, we do different types of trainings that uh, work with um, individuals, whether it's managers or, you know, all of the employees. We have a joint ambassador training. We do a building uh, a trust training, which is about building trust, because that's what I found is really the foundation to work doing culture work. And then I have a certification for cultural engagement that people can take that basically become experts on how do you work with culture strategically. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. We were talking this week in one of the Engage Success meetings where uh, about how it almost feels like during this last year the companies that weren't doing things very well are doing them even worse <laughs> and the people that were doing things well are doing them much better it's it's we feel it's been quite polarizing in terms of focus because you know the first few months were, were you know it was crisis mode and and you know people were scrabbling to decide what it looked like and you know companies like my husband's company were suddenly working from home, having not particularly got their infrastructure nailed before that sort of thing. And so there was a lot a lot going on. But it feels like the last six months, organisations have started to, to, to plan more in the, the climate, you know, rather than saying, oh, when it's over in a couple of months, mm. they're now sort of thinking, oh, it may not be over. So what can we do given everything that we've got and, and what's going on? Is that how it's felt for you? Yeah, definitely. I've, I've absolutely seen that happening as well, that they just can't keep everything on hold. So they're figuring out creative ways to start moving forward with, you know, their development of their people or whatever the case might be. And I also agree that the companies that already had kind of a really strong culture and had done some of the culture work prior, they're doing really well. The companies that haven't, they're struggling. So I have definitely seen that. And I do work with a lot of companies internationally. So it's not just, um, you know, Sweden or Europe, but um, internationally, I've definitely seen that. Yeah. And do you think the the sort of um, the benefit or not the benefit, the the result in the end for your own business will have been positive? Um, I think so, because we have been, like I said, I think we're ahead of the game in the sense that we've had a lot of our trainings online and now everything is available online. Um, we're pretty agile. So, you know, I've, I'm bringing on coaches to, to help and support. Yeah. Um, we're doing actually, I don't do the coaching myself, but um, I have several coaches on on board with us that are helping to support clients and they're investing in co- coaching for their for their employees as well so it's 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 been interesting to see I mean I think I think this is really where the resiliency comes in and the sense of you've got to be agile you've got to be creative you've got to be um, willing to you know innovate and take some risks and just get yourself out there and then I also think that the world really needs particularly you know this type of work especially right now yes yeah yeah I do think it's been it's sort of like we had to just get on and do stuff but I think in my business, I, I think there'll be, or already I can see there were things that I wouldn't have got around to doing, but I've, I've either had to do them or I've had the space to do them or they needed to be done, you know, needs to be done because of the situation. Um, so there has been some, some benefit in terms of that. And I guess it's partly because we've just had a lot of extra time. 
without yeah. the holidays and the uh, social arrangements. <laughs> exactly. And I think that's probably a really good way to kind of sum it up for everybody that we've we've been forced to do what we didn't have time to do before. Yes, <laughs> and, yeah, you know, exactly. And it's been a good thing because it's stuff we've probably been wanting to get to and just haven't had the time or the yeah. energy or whatever. And now it's like, okay, let me get that done. At least I can do that part. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So how does that then sort of um, move into that integration between sort of work life and home life? I mean, I, again, we've both worked from home for a, a long time. So some of that stuff was probably fine already but we've had extra people in the house you know children at home and things like that um ha- have you got a certain way of of moving from work to to sort of personal stuff or is it integrated and flowing how, how do you make that happen yeah I'd say for the most part in our household it's been really smooth I mean my daughters are grown now um I will tell you prior to that you know, horrific experience. I could never work from home. I was like, I had to have an office. And after I came home, basically 2010, it was like, no, no, I'm going to be home. I want to be home when they come home from school and any minute I can have with them that just happens to come up kind of sporadically or randomly. It's like those moments are gold for me. Mm. So I have, you know, been able to work from home for, you know, the last decade. And, um, you know, the work that I do in clients, I go to their offices or, you know, whatever. Um, And like I said, we've, I've traveled quite a bit. Um, so it, it's been a variation for me in general, but now I'm at the point where the, you know, the, after this whole situation ends in our world, everyone's yeah. going to go back to their lives and they're grown and they're leaving. So I'm probably going to start to look at having an office again, but um, you know, it, it's, yeah. it hasn't changed my life that much. And I, because I did a lot of work internationally already, I was used to doing a lot of zoom meetings anyway. Mm-hmm. Um so I'd say, and then of course I'm in Sweden, which, you know, we didn't have the massive lockdown like everybody else did, um, which made it easier to keep life a bit normal. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. We were just talking about that before we came on, weren't we? That uh, certainly in the UK, people were raving about uh, Sweden and how we should <laughs> be allowed to do what we want and everything else. But uh, I think the, the the theme very much in, in your neck of the woods is about trust. <laughs> We don't I find fascinating <laughs> because I do so much work. I've gotten pulled into working with trust so much yeah. and, uh, you know, being in a country where the citizens and the government pretty much trust each other to do the right things. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like yeah. unusual from, I think, everywhere else in the world. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's it's been fascinating. I think we'll look, we'll all, everybody will look back on 2020 as, you know, kind of this crazy weird year but hopefully everyone has learned some things and you know Mm. there will be some gifts that will come from this I don't know exactly what they are because you'd never know when you're in the middle of it but in the end you can look back at a time and say oh well you know this is what I got from that time so there will be a gift and a blessing from this yes exactly spoken like somebody who's been through some terrible times and (laughs) sees the positive and everything so (laughs) kind of yeah <laughs> you know the uh, the Gallup Strength Finders. My first yeah. one is connection, and the second one is positivity. So I tend to be a pretty positive person. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Positivity is one of my five as well. So uh, I, I I get that too. Maybe maybe that's it though. Maybe when you have that as one of your strengths, it just makes these things much easier. I mean, when you talk about resilience with people, I guess sometimes positivity is important. Although, isn't there a thing about resilience that if you're too optimistic, because I am quite optimistic. If you're too optimistic, you can get disappointed too often, and that can be a problem as well. I don't know if you come across yeah. that. 
Yeah. And you can be too naive. You can be too naive or be perceived as being too naive, which I've definitely had those issues as well. So there, you know, all those strengths have uh, their strengths, but then they have some downsides to them as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'll still stick with the positivity and the optimism though. (laughs) And and hope you have to have hope. I mean, that's what I learned during those four years is I always had something that was giving me hope that kept me moving forward and kept me out of kind of the, the depth of, you know, depression and not wanting to do anything anymore. So yes, yeah, it was yeah. really important. Yes. Yeah, exactly. If I remember you were, you'd been, the event you'd been at was very much about not necessarily positive thinking per se, but it, it was an inspirational type event, um, which I suppose is the whole irony of it. Or maybe it was what set you up to, uh, to, to, to start in that situation with the right sort of mindset. I don't know. Could have been worse. You could have been there for a plumbing conference or something. <laughs> Wouldn't have been any help at all. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, you know, I went into that whole nightmare situation having some tools and having some yeah. ways of working. And I think I, I remember specifically thinking, okay, if anyone can manage this, I've got tools, let me work with them. Mm-hmm. And then over the years, I kept studying and reading books. And that's kind of what taught me so much as well, because I tested everything and I, you know, what worked, I kept doing and what didn't work, I just let it go and kept yeah. moving forward. So yeah, yeah. So in terms of getting things done on a daily basis, how do you manage that do you use a task list you use technology are you one of my pen and paper people as most of my guests are (laughs) isn't that funny um I do have a notebook I use and I do write in it um obviously you have you know your calendar online but I do like to kind of plan out my weeks and then just look at what's on the schedule what are my what are my priorities for that week um and I have a little system that I use for that and uh, seems to work well. And I like checking things off. So I do, you know, write lists and like to, you know, I'll yeah. even write something on the list. If I've already done it, it's just so I can check it off. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> Definite satisfaction with that. Yeah, um, you, yeah and I mean. Process. I, what, how, what's the sort of principles of, of that? Well, you know, it, it tends to be on Sundays sometime, or if I'm really lazy, it'll be Monday morning, but then I write everything out of my calendar. What yeah. do I need to do this week and transfer what's on my digital calendar onto my notebook mm-hmm. and then like kind of write a list of what am I looking to accomplish this week? What are my priorities? And write th- that list of that. And mm-hmm. then I just hit the ground running and go. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And what about technology, tools, apps, and that sort of thing? You talked about an online calendar. What sort of other things do you use and recommend? Um, So I use Trello a lot for my uh, VA for projects and things like that. Mm -hmm. So we keep track so we don't lose things in the email because we're always getting so bombarded. Um, Dropbox is my favorite. Um, I've now switched from, I am barely on Facebook anymore. I just don't like the feel of it anymore. So I've switched and I'm spending so much time on LinkedIn anyway, but I've put my, um, my, my coaches and partners into a LinkedIn group. Mm-hmm. And so we're starting to work with that a bit. Um, trying to think customer hub I use for the CRM. Right. Yeah. And, yep. Um, I have, you know, an email system I use behind my websites and things like that mm-hmm. called Entreport if you want to get really specific. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, yeah, I'm trying to think what other digital things I use. I mean, tons of apps. Telegraph, yeah. we're starting to play with a little bit. I, I like that one in the sense of just having a place that's kind of new that I know is secure that, 
you know, as kind of a backup from all the usual social media stuff. Yeah, which one was that? Telegraph. Telegraph. Telegraph, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's a bit like WhatsApp, but more secure, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And and actually, I've been pulled into WhatsApp because there's been several groups that I've been involved in. It's not a, an app I would normally use, but now I've gotten yeah. kind of used to it. So there are some groups in there, but I find it's too cumbersome if you're like, for conversations and following, that's fine. But if you're actually wanting to share information and, and find a way to get back to it, I, I just yeah, I don't like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's interesting you say about Facebook. I decided to take it off my phone a few weeks ago because I found that I was getting into a habit of just going into it as a way of distracting myself without, you know, putting the phone down and actually getting on with something more important. <laughs> mm. um, and I've, I've been doing that for years. <laughs> I've, you know, I've got it on my iPad, but not on my phone. And yeah. um, it's interesting. I probably look at it once a day now, and I really can't be bothered. There's that many notifications and group things and God knows what else going on. And I just scan down them, and I don't really look at them. And I've noticed then, as a result, I'm not sharing very much at all. I don't share about what I do anyway. I share what other people have shared. I reshare stuff. Mm. And I'm hardly sharing that because, of course, I'm not reading anything now because I'm not in there, you know, yeah. more than once a day sort of thing. It's really interesting how you can quite quickly break your connection with something like that um, just by changing, a, you know, a process or a situation or whatever. You know, I, I feel into things a lot and I just don't get a good feeling there anymore. It used to be great to connect with people and talk. And I used to do all of my groups there because I found mm. Facebook was the best place for running and managing groups. Yeah. But I just, I just don't feel good in there anymore so I'm moving away I mean I like LinkedIn and obviously that's professionally that's the best place to reach people and connect yeah. and all yeah. of that but and they've they've beefed up their groups in LinkedIn a bit more now so that the things that weren't there are there so yeah. that's why I think okay it'll be we'll yeah. try that yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I've started looking at Pinterest recently which is it's never been of interest to me at all <laughs> and I thought it wasn't fitting with the my niche really either and um Obviously, from like things like employee engagement stuff, I wouldn't do that. But the productivity piece and the well-being piece, um, there's loads and loads of stuff on there. Um, and I never really got it, but I've started to look at that. That's probably why I've replaced my Facebook on my phone. Uh, <laughs> I did Pinterest years ago, but I haven't been on there in, God, probably three years at least, yeah. four years. <laughs> I, I watched some training on it recently. They were talking about how much of a search engine it is. So it's not a social platform. You know, it's not there to mm -hmm. go and connect in the same way it's actually really a, a massive search engine um so I'm, I'm gonna have a bit of a play and see uh see what what you can do with it so that's that's my my thing there's so many different platforms and there's yeah. always new ones coming so you just kind of have to I, I find you have to be really selective with your time and yeah. decide you know who what, what's the purpose of doing the social media stuff, yeah. you know, and who is it that you really want to reach and connect with? And then from there, make your decisions because mm -hmm. otherwise your entire day could be sucked up by all yeah. of these different social medias. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So what about other people working with you, helping you, you, um, you mentioned an assistant earlier. Um, what do you outsource? How do you decide what you're going to do? You've, you've talked about coaches and said that you don't do the coaching yourself now. And that's, um that's been an evolution for you <laughs> pun intended um uh, yeah, yeah. yeah how 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 did did that happen because it was originally obviously just you at some stage and now it's many of you <laughs> um 
So I, I, being in Sweden, I haven't wanted to have employees. It's just a pretty strict market in the sense of regulations and stuff. And I'm not yeah. really that gung ho on it. So I made a decision early on that, you know, having employees was not something I really wanted to look at. So I just decided to outsource everything. Yeah. So I have graphics people and I have my VA. I've worked with her for many years. I have a tech team that's fabulous who's worked with me for many years as well. So, you know, it's project-based and I outsource as much as possible. When it came to scaling up my business, I knew that I couldn't do it by myself. So I had to figure out, okay, how can I do this? Um, and basically came up with a partnership model where people come on board, they're coaches or consultants, they have their own company and they fall under the evolution umbrella. So I'm bringing in people who, you know, are in certain markets and they have connections and they have clients and customers and they can fall under the evolution umbrella, which, you know, that makes us larger. And then they become a part of a bigger team as well. Yeah. And then we we work in a collaborative type of model for that. And it's it's working well. Um, I'm actually looking now because we're our business is starting to really take off. And um, you know, I may look at having a couple of employees here in Sweden um, going into the future. Um, but I still like this whole model for the time being. And mm -hmm. you know, it's my company's called Evolution. So we'll be evolving as we grow. <laughs> exactly. And so have you got any tips for delegating and, and outsourcing is something that a lot of people want to do and talk about doing and not many people actually do and some people do it and don't do it particularly successfully what what are your top tips um that's a really good one because as a entrepreneur and as a solopreneur if you're working by yourself um, you end up doing so much of everything yeah. and you really need to look at what are your strengths and what should you be spending your time on and then everything else should be just delegated out mm -hmm. um, so you know that's been a process for me to learn along the way as my business has grown and uh just trying to figure, and I'm really looking at that very closely now too, because like I said, you know, I'm like, I don't do the coaching. I'm going to bring in coaches that will do the coaching for me. Mm -hmm. um, I am still doing the training, but I've told my coaches, you guys are learning the training as well. You're going to be doing the training and I'll train you to do these trainings, but I'm not going to be doing them, you know, all by myself because then I become like a bottleneck for the business. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a matter of, um, it depends on your strengths and you have to really look at your strengths, evaluate that and then figure out, okay, for whatever my strengths are, this is what I want to be spending my time on, on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And then everything else you try and find really good people to say, okay, you take that for me. Yes. Yeah. And I think that I, you mentioned bottleneck. I think identifying where you are a bottleneck can be really helpful as well. I, uh, one of my um, power to live more calm members has recently been doing some outsourcing um, with her podcast and she sort of responded back to let me know how she was getting on and and um, you know said oh you know it, it's fine I've I've communicated it they know what they're supposed to be doing but actually it's me that's now the bottleneck because there's things that she needs to do before they can do their bit sort of thing and uh, I think if you can look for those friction points all the time and try and take those away then that that can be really helpful um, yeah but it isn't you know panacea as soon as you get other people involved there's still things that you probably do need to do that do get in the way of them doing their job <laughs> and then you've not really outsourced you've just got people sitting there waiting for work that you can't give them yet <laughs> I know so there there needs to be a good balance with that but I can give you an example um you know I do reports on a regular basis and um you know like we did a CEO culture report last year and so I wrote the report um 
And then I just, the first report we did, I worked directly with the graphics guy and kind of gave him tips. And, and you're right, he needs tips on all the details. And the next report we did was the uh, virtual culture uh, report. And uh, so on, when I just gave it all to my VA and I said, look, you handle it, you make the decisions, I trust you to make the decisions and then just show me the final version or whatever and then we'll go from that. And she did. And it was great. And it was good for her too, because it gave her more responsibilities to work on. Mm-hmm. And um, it just, it felt good to know that I could see them working, but I wasn't going into the details. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for that. So what about keeping yourself energized and well to uh, run your business? How do you do that? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so that's a really good thing. And I think it's vital for everybody, especially in this day and age. Um, I have, been drinking green smoothies every morning for probably eight years. And that to me is like my elixir. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel very good when I start my day with that. Um, so that's always really important. And then I actually, at the beginning of the year, January, I ended up deciding to do an online video-based um, workout. And it was, uh, it's called Body Effects. And um, I saw it on Facebook, I think, actually. And I thought, oh, that looks good. It's all about dancing and it's a bunch of fun things. And so um, I started doing that. And then it ended up like the perfect thing for me to do during, you know, the rest of 2020. Yes, and yes. Um, so it's just, it's having discipline and structure. And so once I kind of got, it takes three weeks basically to get the habit. Um, and I, I was just committed and I said, no, I really want to be healthy. I want to take care of my body. And then when COVID hit, of course, I was like, I really want to take care of my body now. Yes. Yeah. And uh, so I've been really committed to that. And so I ended up, you know, early on letting my gym membership go because I was much more committed to this, but it also means that I have to structure my days because, you know, you get sweaty in the morning, you have to take a shower and all that kind of stuff. And a woman has hair and I have long hair. So it's like, <laughs> more time to get ready. Um, So I just, you know, I don't necessarily start meetings in the morning unless I absolutely have to. Um, So I give myself the time in the morning to do my, my green smoothie and my meditations and my workouts. I don't do it necessarily every single day, but you know, four or five days a week, definitely. And then, um, yeah. And then I just have been on a journey with my diet as well over the last decade Mm -hmm. in the sense that I've moved away from meat and now I'm a vegetarian. I think I've been vegetarian for five or six years, maybe something like that. Um, And there's a website I found um, called So Vegan that has great recipes. So I've learned to cook vegan food. We do a lot of vegan cooking actually, but it's like really delicious recipes. Yeah. So just eating healthy, making sure you get sleep, good sleep and, uh, you know, taking care of your body, getting general exercise. And I have a dog, so she forces me to go outside every, you know, three day, three times a day at least. Um, and that helps yes. so I get outside and that gives me a little variation as well. Yes. Yeah. It's interesting. I wonder how many people have taken up sort of regular exercise programs since um, all this happened. Uh, I was listening to Joe Wicks on uh, the die over CEO podcast the other day I don't know if you've come across Joe Wicks over there but um he he was a, a fitness guru already um but as, as lockdown was happening he was about to do a video series his brother does the videoing for him and he was going to do some video series but decided to still do it from his home as lockdown and he and he basically told all the schools that he would be providing it for them so he'd sort of provide the PE lesson if you like for the schools um you know the primary schools particularly I guess um 
as part of the lockdown and his, you know, giving back and everything else. And like overnight almost, he had, I can't remember how many um, that were watching his live um and it was you know millions or a million or something and then like on the on the uh, replays uh you know it went up to about seven million or something and he was wow. saying he, he got introduced to uh i think channel four came and asked him if he would um go on you know broadcast it on channel four and he said i can't because there are people all around the world now who are following me every day in all sorts of you know countries that you wouldn't have imagined he said so i can't just go on to uk telly because, you know, I'd be letting down my audience. And so he carried on. And the amount of people that are still exercising now as a result of that, I mean, my mother-in-law, he did um, fitness for seniors or whatever. She's 77. And she's probably done 80% of the days between March and now. She's done at least one session of his exercise thing, which she would never have done before. It's amazing. Wow. That's very cool. Yeah. And, you know, you said you you've picked up, something that you've done regularly and you've changed how you are partly because you had to because you couldn't go to the gym anymore I guess or maybe you could in Sweden um but also partly because of the situation I think so a, a lot of people did sort of think you know oh we've got to look after ourselves a bit better now <laughs> we're not you know doing the normal thing so what can we do instead and it's it, perhaps you know we were talking at the beginning as to whether the you know what positives will come out of this I think for some people sort of regular exercise and thought about their health actually is possibly you know one of those benefits yeah definitely and I think um I think we need to be proactive I mean I'm a big believer in uh you know I believe our immune system can be strong and what can you do mm -hmm. to strengthen it so I've been I'm taking several supplements um that I maybe haven't taken before I mean I've always taken vitamin d because Sweden we don't have very much light yeah. um so I take that just year round um, but zinc, I've added zinc and I've heard, you know, if you take vitamin C and zinc and vitamin D is combination, it's going to mm -hmm. strengthen your immune system and keep you healthy. Yeah. So why not be proactive and, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. knock on wood, haven't gotten yeah. sick, but I also believe in my green smoothie too, which is, you know, full of spinach in the morning. And I'm not like someone who likes a lot of spinach just to eat it, but to drink it smushed up with, <laughs> you know, banana and mango, it tastes pretty good. So yeah. I get tons of vitamin C that way. Yes. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, no, I, I was sort of thinking about such things and supplements and taking care of myself. And then I managed to get shingles anyway. So I, my immune system clearly wasn't working very well. So probably just as well that I don't go out. <laughs> and that we have been properly locking down in our house um, on the basis of uh, the whole immune thing. But yes, yeah, so I have to look at zinc. I've got the rest of it going on, but uh, yeah, I'll look specifically at zinc. Now you've given me that <laughs> piece of yeah, advice. Zinc, zinc is supposed to be really good, especially with, um, you know, the COVID thing. Yeah. So. yeah, yeah, yeah. So what about learning and improving yourself? How do you keep that going? Um, that's a really good question. I used to read a lot. That was like my, my thing of just reading personal growth, self-help type books. Yeah. Um, I read hundreds while I was in that jail situation mm. and when I came out I found it very hard to read and I still have a hard time reading um <laughs> I, I I do read I read a lot but like to sit down and actually read a book it's it's a bit of a challenge for me so I, I like sort of not flashbacks but is it that the the sort of it's too much of a reminder really it, internally I mean I guess no I don't think so I just yeah. I think I want to digest information differently so yeah. I prefer audio so I listen to several podcasts mm -hmm. um you know if I'm walking I listen to podcasts um I like watching videos mm -hmm. um 
I have done several Tony of Robbins events this year, which have been phenomenal for me. Did you do that one a few weeks ago? It was like sort of 12 hour days or something. Two of my members did it and said it was amazing. No, it was six days of, you know, more than 12 hours. It was 15 hour days. So 90 hours in six days. It was crazy. Yeah. You don't don't keel over in the middle of it. (laughs) No, but you you learn about getting into peak state, which is really fascinating because I've done so much personal growth and development stuff for all my life. But he also teaches about the physiology and your body. And I mean, I've gotten into a lot of the neuroscience. I understand this. And he comes from, you know, a neurolinguistic background as well. So it's fascinating for me to just see how you can manage to go, you know, 15 hour days, six days in a row and not be completely exhausted. Although I will say I did feel jet lagged afterwards because it started <laughs> at 4 p.m. and went to about 6 or 7 a.m. So yeah. it was all nighters. Yeah. It's just amazing to hear how he did that and, and sort of had the numbers he had and kept the engagement uh, and the attention for, you know, as long as he would in real life. But it was all through technology. So for people who say, you know, technology doesn't work for lots of these things it can do it doesn't always and it's very much about how you run it but uh he clearly managed to convert what he normally does in real life to the virtual world successfully you know he wouldn't have had people online for that long if he hadn't been able to do that so successfully no and it's been fascinating for me to watch as he shifted his business because i was involved in the very first digital um, event he did as an experiment and that was um what was it unleash your power I think is what it was called in the summer yeah. and it just it helped me to just get in a positive state of mind and I mean really for positive inspiration and and things coming in uh-huh. um I've, I've definitely felt some energetic breakthroughs myself and stuff yeah. that was holding me back and it's been fascinating to see how he's been able to manage with thousands of people on these events yes yeah yeah somebody was telling me that he was like looking at a whole sort of bank of pictures of people on zoom and 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 he was like picking people out and saying you know what do you think or you know wake up or or whatever it just it seems like you know you think a zoom call when you've got like 30 people it's bad enough <laughs> imagine having thousands of people all around you <laughs> it must be really hard you know never mind as the attendee for 12 hours if you're running that at that level of energy amazing yeah <laughs> Well, you know, again, it's about innovation, creativity, and, uh, you know, looking at your business. Because, I mean, if you're running an event business, that industry has been annihilated and they've had to shift. And, you know, it's worked. It's actually worked for several people or several companies. So it's been interesting to see. Yeah. Again, that's the thing about, you know, some people are doing things and doing and success much better than they were. And some people have gone the other way. It's, it's, it is definitely that, um, uh, you know, pushing, further apart between people that are successful and people that aren't, I think, from from the things that I've seen. Well, it's like you can wait around for this to blow over and be in, you know, having a pity party and thinking, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Or you can say, okay, this is a situation. We don't know how long it's going to last. What can we do and how can we pivot so that we can serve and help others with whatever our gifts we're meant to be giving to people? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So when I um, arrange the questions, I, uh, the questions, the interviews, I, I ask what questions you'd like me to ask you if I don't think about them myself. <laughs> and uh, one of the questions you had was about what are you look, what you're looking forward to in 2021. So we're actually uh, recording this in December, uh, although it won't be going out until 
April. So this is your time to predict <laughs> what you'll be doing when this is published. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, yes, I just think that in 2021, it's going to be a much easier year. It's going to be a lot um, a more positive year for everybody. I think we're still going to have a lot of chaos and um, turmoil in the world events. But I think that um, people are going to be settling into a little bit of their routines and what they can do and how they can manage their lives. And, uh, you know, moving forward, we have to continually move forward as we evolve as individuals as well. So um, I'm actually personally looking forward to 2021 a lot because I just knock on wood. I don't think it can be as crazy of a year as it has been this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we'll knock we'll on wood, please. No, <laughs> um, and I, you know, I don't know that we'll be going back to a lot of travel yet. Um, but I'm looking forward to being able to meet people kind of on a normal basis and, yeah. and reconnect and ha like have a dinner party. My gosh, I would love to have that, you know, <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, e even introverts are becoming hoping for more extrovert activities, <laughs> exactly. So last couple of questions. Firstly, what about those days where it all goes horribly wrong, where you have a bad day? How do you deal with that? <laughs> and yours, some of your days have been a lot worse than the average person. <laughs> oh, gosh, I think, you know, to be honest with you, because I've had such, you know, 1,352 days of hell. Yes. <laughs> I don't really have bad days, to be honest no. with you. I mean, well, if, if I find something starts off on the wrong foot, um, I just try and get grounded and shift the day so that the whole day doesn't um, become bad. But I, I work so much with gratitude. I mean, I wake up in the morning and I'm thinking of things I'm grateful for. When I go to bed, I'm thinking of things I'm grateful for. So that's really one of my strategies in the sense of trying to stay in a positive frame of mind. And when you have a lot of gratitude, you're, you know, you're able to see more good things in the world. You're able to sleep better. You have more self-esteem. There's all sorts of stuff that's behind gratitude that's proven in, in different studies. So yeah. I think yeah. that's my fallback. If some if something bad goes on, it's just like, okay, shake it off, pick yourself up and what can you do and and you know move forward and focus yeah. in on something good instead. Yes. Yeah. Lovely. Thank you. And what about those days where you get to live more and that's where you get to do more of the things that you want to do and less of the stuff that you don't want to do. What do those days look like for you? Um well, you know, it's so funny because to me, work I, I, work is fun for me. I love what I do. I'm so passionate about what I do. And my days vary quite a bit. So, uh -huh. um, but one of my hobbies is art. And so when I get to do art, I'm really blissing out. And so that's where I really feel like I can just kind of escape from everything that's around me and go into, you know, the painting I'm working on or whatever. And that that gives me so much joy and energy and just takes me out of the normal stuff because I don't paint very often. Mm. Um, so like, for example, with holidays coming up, generally between Christmas and New Year's, I will always take a day or two and just paint the entire day. And it's like, oh, I so look forward to something like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That sounds lovely. Do you have all the, all the gear? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't necessarily have the spot, but I have um, a friend that I will normally do painting with and she's got a, a great room that we can use. So yeah. Yeah. You're just reminding me of, uh, not that this will look like you at all, um, uh, one of those memories that popped up on Facebook the other day, it was one of my most shared photos of Ellie. So she was probably, um, I don't know, nine or 10. And my sister-in-law bought her uh, an artist smock for Christmas because that's what she wanted because she was getting into her painting. So it was a lovely red 
you know, like one of those, like the French artist smocks, and it had a, a beret that went with it. And she randomly, I don't know why, why she'd got, but she bought a set of um, false moustaches. And so she came downstairs dressed in her painting outfit with one of the moustaches on and said that she was all ready to paint and she had a squirrel on her lip. <laughs> But she thought she was some sort of, you know, like, I don't know, that uh, one of the famous French artists. <laughs> I, I seem to recall seeing that picture, Joe. <laughs> I can see it in my mind. So, yeah, fun. She described it as a squirrel on her lip that, that made me laugh. But, uh, yeah, so that when I say, have you got the gear, you know, have you got that? Have you got the mustache? Okay, I don't have the mustache <laughs> and I don't have the, the French beret, but I have everything else. <laughs> Glad to hear it. Lovely. Thanks, Karen. It's been so good talking to you today. Tell people how they can find out more about you and get in touch. Yeah, the best place is um, my website, which is Evolution. So it's E-V-O-L-O-S-H-E-N.com. It's for Evolving Spirit. Um, And basically, that's kind of the hub for that. I do have a personal website um, called Karen with an I, K-A-R-I-N-V-O-L-O all one word, karenvolo.com as well. Those are the two best places to take a look at my work. Lots of free resources there, um, you know, and get in touch. And if you want to sign up for the newsletter, then you're in my world in terms of, you know, getting the updates as to what's going on. Brilliant. Lovely. Thank you. Thanks for your time today. Thank you. All this information is available in the show notes. If you go to powertolivemore.com forward slash, in this case, 204, you'll find them there. And this week, I'm not going to talk about anything else. Uh, It's still the Easter holidays, and I'm spending a good portion of the week uh, doing stuff with little Dodsey, although I don't think I'm allowed to call her that anymore. And she also doesn't qualify as she's now taller than me. Uh, So I'm taking a bit of time off. And so this is short and sweet. Uh, The show notes again are at powertolivemore.com forward slash 204. And we look forward to speaking to you next week. Use your power to live more.